bonds, which is uh, a rather fuzzy idea, but they said that, okay, we have a derivatives market, and the derivatives market is like an insurance fund. You can <coughs> buy a derivative contract, and this will insure you in case of either a complete loss of the value of the bond you have or a partial, if, if there is a drastic loss of value in government bond. Think of Greece, Italy, Spain, Ireland, and the rest of them. Once there is a loss, well, no problem really, because just like you can buy a, buy a fire insurance on your house, you can buy a bond insurance on the bond which you have. So that this is not a real threat. And uh, the, uh, the vehicle to do that was the, the uh, derivative uh, derivatives, uh, and let's be a little bit more specific, one was the bond futures, future market trading, bond future contract, and options on bond futures, and that's say first round insurance, but then the insurers had to insure themselves, and therefore there was a second round. And these were over-the-counter uh, contracts, but they were all there, and they added to that tower. And then the secondary insurers had to insure themselves. So there was a third round insurance, and so on and so forth. And it just kept growing, and there's no limit to it. And, uh, and the idea was that that will solve the problem. Well, it didn't, because, because uh, when the first real serious sign appeared showing that the system is not working, this was actually a, a very steep rise in the price of these uh, derivatives, which in uh, plain language meant that the cost of insuring bond values was going up and going up so uh, fast that it was uh, losing its whatever practical uh, advantage it did have before. Because of obviously if the insurer can send you a bill and say, well, your fire insurance now from tomorrow will cost 10 times as much as before, then uh, you know very well that uh, this is like pulling the insurance out and you will have uh, no more protection. You have lost your, your protection. So this is the verdict. The miracle didn't happen. As Keynes said, that uh, the government can make the stone into bread and the, uh, water into wine, 
just waving the magic wand if the fetters of the gold standard were thrown away and the government was free, then all this happiness would come and uh, everybody would live happily ever after. It didn't happen. And uh, now the whipping boy, the gold standard, is no longer available to shift the blame on it because that's very clear now that it happens without the gold standard and in fact it becomes so much worse because if you compare the two crises, the crisis of the 1930s, the Great Depression, and the crisis of the 2008 and, and uh, the continuing, we are uh, now living in that crisis situation, then you can see that the world's government are in so much more uh, financial trouble than they were in the 1930s. In the 1930s, the US government was in an extremely strong financial position. The credit of the United States was beyond the shadow of doubt. Today, the treasury is empty or worse, and the US is the greatest debtor. It used to be the greatest creditor in the whole world, now it's the greatest debtor. And uh, the same thing is true for uh, the governments of the Western countries. In Western Europe, uh, we know that all governments are in financial trouble, including the uh, German government yeah. as well. Now, if you compare, the German government is so much better off than the others, but still it is in a financial trouble. So that is what has happened, and just the opposite what was predicted. Now, the main excellence of the gold standard, according to Mises, and uh, we are in full agreement with that, that the gold standard makes the uh, variation of the purchasing power of gold dependent on the profitability of the gold mining industry. So in other words, if the gold mining uh, enterprise is not profitable, then less gold will come out of the bowels of the earth and the money supply will increase more slowly. And if there is need for more money, then the way uh, nature provides that extra money is uh, the profitability of gold mining will increase and as a result the uh, extra gold will reach the market, will be monetized and will become money. And uh, uh, this is of course true and uh, this means that the governments have that much less influence. The, the governments just love to manipulate prices, interest rates, and wages. And uh, 
uh, use that power, if they can have it, to further their political and economic aims. And they don't always coincide, or uh, I might even say hardly ever coincide with the interest and the benefit of the vast majority. They coincide with the interest of the uh, special pressure groups, the privileged classes, uh, and uh, the uh, welfare of the people is far from the thoughts of the government. So this is what Mises says, and uh, as I say, I'm full agreement with that, but uh, early in this course here, I uh, discussed another paper of Mises, uh, The Gold Problem, and I uh, criticized it that Mises does not put his finger on the real reason why gold <clears throat> um, why gold has become money, which was not an accident, it was a natural development. We know lasted for a long time, and evolution, that gold, through marketability, it became money. And uh, uh, let me just repeat that, what I have said then, and it's, you also have it because we have distributed that. Uh, I have a, I had a, I wrote a rejoinder to Mises' uh, paper which appeared in 1965, and that was a very recent paper of mine, and the title was The Gold Problem Revisited. It's almost 50 years ago, Mises wrote that, so I, I put my uh, penny of wisdom and uh, I would like, to be, uh, like you and others to consider it. What I'm saying is that uh, the uh, reason why gold is in the monetary system, another way of emphasizing the excellence the main excellence of the gold standard is because gold is the most marketable uh, good, uh, using another word, most saleable good known to man. And uh, the way to measure it is through the uh, uh, either you describe it in terms of declining marginal uh, utility. So you say that the marginal utility of gold declines, like uh, the marginal utility of any other sub substance, but it declines at a rate lower than that of any other. And this means that Gold is the ideal material out of which a measuring rod can be measuring stick, uh, yardstick can be manufactured because it is less subject to, uh, to uh, <coughs> enlargement or shrinking than any other. 
So if you want to measure value, and it's important to measure value because when you do your economic calculation, when you have to decide which product to produce or which product to produce first, then you have to do a serious calculation. All entrepreneurs face uh, lots of choices before they invest. And in order to make the right decision, they should be in the position to measure certain things. Measure prices, measure uh, interest rates, measure uh, other things, wages, and so on. And uh, putting that information into the computer and running the program through, they will come up with some results, and they look at these results, and then they try to make the right decision that if they have uh, uh, so much funds to invest, then project A is preferable to project B, considering the outcome, uh, the uh, resources at his disposal are better deployed in Project A than Project B. And without that, the uh, economy would be completely in the dark. It would have no uh, compass showing the right direction. would have no uh, way of deciding uh, what to do and how to uh, build capital, develop the economy. So this is the significance of measurement. And uh, our civilization has the benefit of a lot of research that has been done in the 17th, 18th, and 19th, and 20th century. We are the beneficiaries of that. But it boils down to one big thing which stands out, and it's very clear. And what is it? It is the fact that we have improved the accuracy of our uh, measuring system. And that's true uh, for physics, obviously. We can measure not only length and weight and velocity and uh, um, acceleration and all the other things, uh, but we can also measure uh, uh, less tangible goods such as uh, in economics and so on. And the funny thing is, and the uh, inexplicable thing is, that while everybody is in agreement that uh, more accurate measurement in physics and chemistry and the other uh, natural sciences are a good thing for you and for society and everybody else, but measuring things in, econom in economics is, is not, because then the subjective uh, judgment of the government takes 
precedence and it overrides whatever science will tell you. So this is a purposeful movement away from this idea that uh, more accurate measurement will help you, help society, and in economics we are not only throwing away the best uh, material out of which the yardstick could be manufactured, which is gold and silver, but we are introducing a new measurement which is based on negative values, such as debt, debt of the government, which is elastic, it's like a rubber band, you can stretch it and so on, and that there is no mass movement of scientists with university training, postgraduate training, and so on, to say that, now stop that nonsense. In economics, it's just as important to have accurate measurements as it is in physics and chemistry and natural sciences. This is, this is one of the mysteries of our age that uh, the economists, so-called, I call them pseudo-economics, uh, would get away with this and serious papers are written with complete with charts, differential equations, and a lot of mathematics, I would say pseudo-mathematics, trying to convince you that without accurate measurement you can draw charts, you can set up differential equations, you can solve them, and you can make meaningful predictions as to the future. Well, I would say that the uh, predictions of economics has been miserable for the past 40 years. It, it is actually so miserable that these economists who publish them, they should be ashamed and should cover up their face every time a photo opportunity comes because this will be a, a very serious blot on their record and it will certainly not be something that they will be proud of. So with this I think I sign off and uh, if there are immediate questions we could uh, uh, yep. Uh, but then take a break and come back. Rudy has a comment. Two comments. One is, this is why economics is called the dismal science, because of this dismal record. But I'd like to say a few words about that silver demonetization. This is in the left hand. Money is, uh, silver is demonetized. There's a reduction in purchasing media and deflation. So the right hand can come along and offer, well, look at this deflation, we have to fill it, and they fill it with paper money. So the problem comes from the left hand, and the solution offered from the right hand is to replace it with the printed money. And similar thing happened when gold is gone. Well, we don't need gold, we can create all this paper money. So it's the problem, reaction, 
Solution. Problem, reaction, solution. Yeah, this plays out all the time. So I think that this also proves it's a conspiracy. Because the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. I don't think so. So any immediate questions? If not, we'll, we'll break for 15 minutes. Thanks very much, Professor.